0: Listening to Matt Loves Cameras, film cameras, insta cameras, and everything analog photography related. Matt Loves Cameras! School's out for summer, although sadly I have no plans to go anywhere over the Christmas and New Year break. So instead, I'll relive a recent trip that my family and I did to southern Queensland to get in the holiday mood. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. friends how are you I hope you are well wherever you are all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 53 of Matt Loves Cameras. And today I'll be telling you all about a trip that my family and I did to Southern Queensland in August. I feel like I need to sort of chat about a bit of travel and a bit of, bit of road tripping fun uh, because, you know, I don't think we're going anywhere over the Christmas New Year break. My wife and I finished work last Friday together on the same day. The kids had already been off school for a week before that. So, So everyone's kind of chilling around the house, but we are madly sort of doing jobs as well. We've only really just kind of finished our sort of backyard kind of makeover, so. We had a pool put in, I think you probably, uh, I think I've told you that before, we had a swimming pool put in our backyard in August, September, October. Unfortunately, when they put the pool in, the the yard kind of got trashed because of all of the big machinery going in and out. So then we needed some some people to come and excavate the backyard, then we needed to put um, soil down and then we've had turf, you know, brand new grass turf put down and uh, the the place is finally looking good. Uh, We still have quite a few uh, things, jobs to do in the yard, uh, but it is looking like about 90% finished now, so I think this summer we're just going to be relaxing at home, enjoying the new pool, watching the cricket, of course, the Ashes are on at the moment, Australia have just gone 2-0 up in the Ashes, the cricket, So, and of course the big bash cricket's on as well, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good summer, uh, staying at home though this year, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. Now, after I tell you about this travel episode to Southern Queensland, uh, keep listening for details about Pantastic. Don't worry, friends, I have all of your entries, had 25 entries in total, but there's a bit of a twist to the competition coming, Uh, so listen to the end of this episode for details on that, and there'll also be, I'll tell you more about this later as well, but there'll also be a second episode this week, I'm hoping. I'm hoping there'll be one either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and uh, there'll also be one very early in the new year as well. So the episodes of Matt Loves Cameras uh, are going to be coming on thick and fast, just like I like my custard this time of year, you know, like nice lashings of custard on on, on, on Christmas pudding. And God, this is getting a bit weird, this conversation. Uh, but anyway, so so look out for that. Keep Make sure you keep checking your podcast app over the Christmas New Year break, because there'll definitely be a few episodes of Matt Loves Cameras. And in one of those episodes, um, probably the New Year one, probably won't be the Christmas one. It'll probably be the New Year one. I'm going to be giving you details of the competitions for 2022. Yes, I'm I'm going to be organised in 2022, and there's going to be three photography competition slash zines. so one of them is going to be Pantastic. Uh, keep listening to the end of this episode for details on what's happening with Pantastic. But that's going to end in 2022 now. And there's going to be two more competitions next year. So it's all very exciting. Uh, but for now, I think I'm going to get stuck into this episode. Here we go. So now listeners, I will tell you about our Southern Queensland road trip, which we did in August, 2021. Now we actually did a very similar trip one year ago in December, 2020. What we did was we booked a beautiful little cabin on a vineyard in a little town called Ballandine, which is on the Queensland, New South Wales border, about three hours from where we live. And we loved it so much in December, 2020, we rebooked for August. Now, the funny thing is about the the December trip we did one year ago. It was actually really cold when we went in December. Now, if you're listening in the Northern Hemisphere, you might say, well, of course it was cold. Ah, my friends, we're in the Southern Hemisphere. So December is the first month of our summer. And usually in December in Queensland, it is boiling, roasting hot. But when we went to Ballandine and stayed at this cottage a year ago, it was really weird weather. It was, I think it was like called a subtropical low. There was this low pressure system on the East Coast. It rained the entire weekend. It rained buckets the entire weekend. And because it was rainy and overcast, it was actually quite chilly. Uh, So I'll tell you about that a bit more in, in a bit. But we decided, we loved it so much, the experience of staying in this cottage on the vineyard. We actually rebooked for August. And the funny thing is, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we went in December in summer and it was freezing. I bet when we go... In in winter in August is gonna be warm and it was it was it was actually spring like it it wasn't it wasn't really hot but it was spring like uh, so I'll tell you about that later on uh, when we talk about the log fire in, in the vineyard uh, cottage uh, but anyway that's how we ended up going on this road trip we we wanted to recapture some of the magic from our trip a year ago now of course I packed extremely lightly for this trip I did not take many cameras at all. Huh, only joking. Of course, I took loads of cameras. So probably the heaviest camera I took was my Canon AutoZoom 814 electronic Super 8 camera. Yes, I took my Super 8 camera. I tried out the camera in the park, took, taking a bit of footage of my son, but then I finished off the rest of that cartridge on the trip and I'll explain all about that trip, all about that footage uh, throughout this episode. I also took my, instead of in terms of instant photography, I took my Mint RF70, which of course takes Instax wide film. I took my Polaroid SX70. I took my Contax G1 with the 45mm planar lens. And I took a couple of point and shoots. I took the Pentax SBO Mini. And some other sort of like 80s sort of Pentax uh, point-and-shoot camera, which gave really freaky, weird results. Uh, I've actually since sold that camera. Uh, So there you go. That's what I took with me. And of course, you can see all the the photos I talk about on matlovescameras.com. So after packing up the car and packing up my cameras, we got Marshall Dalmatian and we sent him off to his friends for a little visit over to his friend's place. He has a great time, Marshall Dalmatian. Our friends have a dog and, uh, yeah, he gets worn out running around like an idiot uh, for a few days when we're away. And so we packed the car up and off we headed towards Ballandine. So the way you get there is from from Brisbane, you head out on the Cunningham Highway past Ipswich, uh, over the range... And you go down through the towns of Warwick and then Stanthorpe down to Ballandine. So it's about three hours all up. Now, although my children are 11 and 13 years old, they still have not got past the are we there yet routine, which is extremely infuriating when we are literally 12 minutes away from the house. We've only just left are we there yet? How long is it going to be? Uh, So what I have to do is there's, there's two main ways that I distract them. The first is with food. And because we only just left, you know, 12, 15 minutes ago, food was kind of, stopping for food was kind of ridiculous and out of the question. So we play these rhyming games with the kids. What we do is we pick a word. It could be dog, you know, like Marshall is our favorite dog. And then the next person in the circle has to come up with a line that rhymes with that. So, you know, uh, in the garden, I saw a green frog. Um, you know, uh, the frog likes to sit on the log. And so every th- every word that you use, uh, it's got to be, you've got to use a unique word that rhymes with frog, dog, log, uh, whatever. And so we, we play that around the circle. And usually until my wife gets really annoyed because she can't think of any more words, and so then we go into the next word, and, you know, like um, the tree has a beautiful brown bark. Um, you know, there was a, there was an old ship called the Cutty Sark or, you know, um, being silly is such a lark. And so we, we're thinking of all these, these words. And I, I like to think of our un, unusual ones in the car and the kids say, you know, what does that word mean? And so I have to explain what the words mean. Uh, so it's good for their vocabulary as well, I think. And it really does distract them. Uh, and usually what we do as well is we like to make up funny, uh, rude versions of this rhyming game, which I, I won't tell you about any of the examples. And usually the butt of the joke is uh, Mrs. Murray. She, you know, because she's from Wolverhampton, she usually she usually carries the can in terms of the joke. You know, we always make fun of her. Uh, so, But that's usually our sort of distraction technique until we get to the town of Aratula, which is about an hour away from home. So Aratula is a little town on the Cunningham Highway and Aratula has a few petrol stations or gas stations. It has a bakery, it has a farm shop and it's a nice little place to stop. So we stopped at... The uh, Arachula Bakery, the kids got some chips and I think they got lamingtons as well. Lamingtons are a traditional Australian cake. They're uh, like a square or rectangle sponge cake that that you then dip in dark chocolate. And then when the chocolate's still runny, you then roll them in coconut. And a very traditional uh, cake here in Australia, made in Queensland, created in Queensland, like all the best things from Australia. Um, So the kids got stuck into the chips and the lamingtons. And all of a sudden I thought, you know, we packed the car up for the weekend, we were going for two nights and I thought, hang on, we're going to a self-catering place and we have no food. Like, what if there's no cafes open? Because it was still, you know, places are still affected by COVID and whatever. And I was like, oh, Ballandine's pretty small. What if there's nowhere for breakfast? I better go get some food for breakfast. So while they were chomping, I went to the farm shop and in the farm shop, there was some bacon and some sausages and some eggs and some mushrooms. So I thought, right, well, that'll do. That'll, That'll be a good breakfast. So I got all of that. And then just as we were leaving Aratula, we noticed there was like a, an old shop that was, it used to be a shop in days gone past, but uh, it was no longer a shop and it had this table at the front, this beautiful wooden table, and there's all these jars on the table. And my wife said, Oh, what's that? And we, so we stopped the car right next to it, and I got out, and it was honey, honey for sale. And so I bought a one kilogram jar of honey, one kilogram is about two pounds. And it was $15, I think it was, $15. And you just had to leave, had to leave the cash on the table. But it was kind of, there was a bit of a breeze. And I thought, well, I can't just leave $15 on a table here. Uh, But the table had little drawers I found. So I opened the drawer up and I put the money in. And I put the, the honey in our esky or our cool box and uh, with the sausages and bacon and all that. And uh, there you go, got some beautiful Aratula honey. And we only actually finished that honey about a week ago. It lasted three and a half months and it was a really nice honey. So if you ever, you know, for Queensland listeners, if you ever drive through Aratula, look out for that honey, Uh, it's very, very nice. So then we, we kept going. We went up the range, up the Great Dividing Range, which is like a mountain range that goes across the, or down the East Coast of Australia. And the next stop was an old favourite of mine. It is, of course, the Maryvale Roadhouse. And at the Maryvale Roadhouse, there are, it's like an old, like an old restaurant with an old, you know, gas pumps there, two petrol pumps. But it's been long abandoned. And so, you know, you can sort of walk around, have a look and take photos and stuff like that. But this time when I arrived, like I photographed this location quite a few times, I don't think I've ever put it on Instagram, so I probably should, but this time when I turned up, there was something noticeably different. On top of the roadhouse, there was always a sign saying, enjoy Coca-Cola, but the sign had gone, so whether the sign had fallen down, whether someone had decided they wanted the sign um, to sell, or who knows, but... I felt like there was another sort of chink in the armour of the Maryvale Roadhouse, another, another part of it gone forever. And uh, I think one day, you know, one day when I go to drive past the Maryvale Roadhouse, it will be demolished or something. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I've photographed quite a few places now that uh, they're either they've gone, they've been demolished or they're on the way out. And uh, yeah, I do wonder how long the old roadhouse will be there. So if you're playing along at home by looking at the images and the Super 8 footage on mattlovescameras.com, check out the first, say, 16 seconds of the Super 8 movie. You'll see, uh, I took some footage there of the family at the old roadhouse, and you'll sort of see what the old roadhouse looks like there with the old two old petrol pumps or gas pumps and sort of run-down building behind that, which used to be the toilets and the restaurant and all that. And then the two images below that, the very first two still images on the page were taken with the Contacts G1 and their close-ups of the old petrol pumps, the old gas pumps. And I really like these because the, the front of the, the pumps have, has been stripped away. Uh, the first one, only a little bit, and the second one, all of it. So you can sort of see the old inner workings of the gas pumps and the dials and all that kind of stuff. And they do look very, very cool. So yeah, it's uh, re- really, really nice. I really love that location. So we kept going along to the town of Warwick, a town that I visited quite a few times in the last couple of years. And then we headed on to Stanthorpe. And by the time we got down to Ballandine, everyone was thoroughly sick of traveling in the car. So it took about three hours all up. And we arrived at our little, beautiful little uh, vineyard cottage, a lovely little cottage. And uh, yeah, we, we think, yeah, we're back, we're back to recreate the magic of when we were here last year in December. Uh, the only thing that was different this time, in December, all the vineyards, all the grapes are growing and they're in full, you know, full bloom or whatever the word is, they're all green and you can see the grapes everywhere. and It's really nice. When you go in August, all the vineyard, like all the, the vines are, they're not dead, but they're just kind of vines. There's hardly anything there. They're all sort of brown. There's not much there to look at. Uh, it looks like they're dead, but they're not. Uh, so it, it was interesting. It was kind of, you know, we were staying in a vineyard, but really it was, it was pretty boring looking compared to the summer. Now, the next little section of that Super 8 movie, from about the 17-second mark through to about the 42-second mark, all of that was shot when we first arrived at the, the cabin uh, in August. So it was, you know, everyone unpacking, getting stuff out the car. And I've done a couple of panning shots of the vineyard. And you can sort of see what I mean about the vineyard. You, you can see the vines there, but there's no, you know, in December last year, they were billowing with green, flower, uh, green leaves and green grapes everywhere. But in August, they were like withered and sort of brown, you know, waiting to come back to life for the summer. So there wasn't, there weren't much to look at, but it is a very nice uh, little uh, place to stay. Now, the last few seconds of that, you know, up to about the 42 second mark of the Super 8 movie, you'll see some flickering amber kind of things. And you might be wondering what that is. Well, that was the fire. So in the cabins we were staying at, they have a log fire. Now, last year, when we were there in December, like I said, it was really cold and rainy and wet. And it was actually really cold in the cabins so my wife absolutely loved firing up that log fire Mm. and the log fire kept us warm all night it was really really lovely everyone was sort of like oh my gosh this is so amazing so this time we once again one of the reasons we wanted to go back was because of this log fire and we were going back in august which is winter but unfortunately for us it was just so warm that evening and so we put the fire on and I think the kids were watching, uh, they had some Disney DVDs there. and But the TV was, you know, when you stay somewhere and they put the TV really up high near this, in the corner near the ceiling. And the kids were on the, the sofa watching the TV. And I, I tried to watch the movie, but I sort of had to crane my neck upwards towards the ceiling. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. Like, I got a sore neck. I, I'm not sitting here like this. So I went into the bedroom and was just looking on Instagram and stuff. And then about, I don't know, half an hour later, I come back out. And the kids and the missus are on this sofa in their winter pyjamas with the fire on, kind of like melting. And and, uh, my daughter said to me, ''Dad, can you turn the fire down? It's a bit hot.'' Um, so we, we didn't sort of build it up too much for that evening and we sort of just uh, left it sort of die out because we, we were plenty warm. And around that uh, you know, 40, 42 second mark of the Super 8 movie, that's where you can see the flickering fire. Unfortunately, it's kind of out of focus and it was a little bit dark. Uh, for me to capture properly, I was using Kodak Vision 3 50D. So 50D, to try and capture a nighttime fire, 50D was probably not fast enough. And I do actually have 250 250 film here somewhere for the Super 8 camera. But um, yeah, I was mainly shooting outside, so that's why I had that in there. Now it's funny, as you watch that Super 8 footage, three main things that I learned when I shot my first roll of Super 8. First of all, even though I was using 50D film, Super 8 film outside, a lot of the vision was kind of overexposed. So that's the first thing I learned. The first thing I learned is make sure you buy an ND filter for your Super 8 camera. And so I have recently just bought one for when I shoot my next role. The second thing I learned was stop telling people to wave at the camera because for some reason, every time I had the Super 8 camera on, I would say to people, hi, wave, wave. And if you watch that Super 8 footage, my first movie, whole way through, it is literally scene after scene of my family waving at the camera. Uh, (laughs) So I kind of went overboard with that. So I would not do that again next time I, I shoot some Super 8. And the third thing is, I kind of knew this, but I kind of forgot it. I did a lot of panning with the camera. You know, I would start off with a still shot and then pan around the landscape. And I don't know, I, I don't really think that is lens, your Super 8 lends itself very well for that. Uh, maybe it's just my shaky hand, but... It kind of, yeah, it's a bit disorientating. And I think next time I will try to remember just to sort of film static scenes, you know, for four or five seconds at a time instead of, you know, starting off with a static shot and then panning around the scene. So yeah, there's my three little tips for Super 8. I will be doing an episode uh, after I shoot some more Super 8 and I'll be talking through the whole process and what I've learned, but that's my, my three tips. Get an ND filter, stop telling people to wave, and stop panning, so after settling into the nice cabin, we decided that we would sort of go out for dinner so there 's a local restaurant at a winery nearby, so we thought, yeah, it looks pretty good, it looked a bit expensive, actually, but we thought we 'll go there and so we about just after dusk it was probably about i don 't know seven p m we we got and in, jumped in the car, and we headed to the local restaurant. And it's got a really nice setting as like a barrel room and, you know, there's all like a nice like cave kind of feeling to the place. But I don't know. I wasn't very impressed mm. uh, with either the service from the restaurant or the food. I mean, the f- food was okay. Uh, the service was mediocre and mm. the, the bill was kind of high. The bill was probably twice as much as we pay if when we go out for a night out. So it's a bit disappointing, really. Sometimes, you know, you, you have an idea of, oh, yeah, we're gonna go out for a nice dinner somewhere. It's gonna be great And this nice vineyard, nice winery, you know, all this cool sort of stuff around, all the barrels everywhere. But yeah, it was a bit of a letdown. And um, I, I guess sometimes that's just, that's just life, isn't it, sometimes? So we headed back to the, the cottage and we looked forward to what we were going to do the next day. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. That's the one you're going (laughs) to (laughs) use. So the next day was a Sunday and we had a jam-packed day lined up. First of all, I started off by cooking up the, the bacon and the sausage and the eggs that we got at the farm shop. The sausages were a massive letdown as well. The kids, usually the kids love sausages. These sausages, I don't know, they were country sausages. They just didn't like them. They said they tasted fatty and all this. And so we basically just had bacon and eggs. And I tried one of the sausages, but I'm not really a bit that big on sausages, to to be honest. I Not really my thing. I'd much prefer bacon. Uh, so we had all that. And then we decided that we were going to head out early. It was nice, crisp and cool being in August, late August morning. And we headed off to a national park. There's a national park nearby called Girawin National Park. And I said to my family that we are going to climb the pyramid. Uh, There's a rock formation called the pyramid and we're gonna climb it. So we got in the car about 15, 20 minutes later, we got to Girawin National Park. And uh, it's all nice there. There's a nice car park and all this. And we sort of started off by, um, you know, heading off through the nice little bush tracks. It was all nice and flat. All around, all around everywhere where you are at Girawin National Park, there's all these big boulders and rocks everywhere. The uh, the region's actually called, this part of the region's called the Granite Belt because there's so many, you know, so much granite stone everywhere and these big boulders and so there was actually a really nice creek uh, nearby, and there's always, you know, you can sit on the, the granite boulders and put your feet in the creek, and it was really lovely. And then we headed towards the the pyramid. So we sort of, it was probably about hour, an hour and 15 minutes, and we walked through this track and we got to the bottom of this little mountain thing, and all of a sudden we had to go up all the, these stairs. And so it was pretty knackering going up all these stairs. Uh, but we got to the top of the stairs and, and the kids are like, oh, you know, are we there? Are we there? We're like, no, we're not quite there because just when you get to the top of the stairs, you kind of have to climb up the rock. Uh, so it, there's no stairs at the top. You actually have to climb up the rock My, and it's kind of very, very steep in parts. Uh, so you, you know, you're sort of leaning forward and, you know, scrambling up this rock and you can't actually, well, you're not supposed to do the climb when it's raining because the granite gets very slippery. And obviously if you're trying to climb up a very slippery rock, you could fall. And I think there have been people in the past who Mm -hmm. have um, sort of been injured or even died when they've been climbing up this kind of, uh, these kind of rock formations in this part of the world, in in Southern Queensland, Northern New South Wales. So uh, I sort of said to the kids, you know, you've got to be careful when we climb up the rock. My son started to get a bit freaked out. He was walking with my wife for a while, uh, but my wife was actually having problems scrambling up the rock as well. So I think my daughter helped my wife and I decided to help myself son and he was a little bit worried going up because, you know, he was the shortest of the family group and I I think he didn't quite have the confidence of my daughter and he sort of said to me, Dad, are we going to die? I said, oh, we're all going to die one day, son, but today is not that day. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. So we sort of scrambled over these rocks and, you know, there was some passages where you got to climb up onto them and then you got to walk this steep bit up. So it was quite, it's quite a bit of a feat. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's Everest because clearly it's not, but, you know, for people who don't usually go rock climbing on a weekend, you know, or scrambling up rocks, it was, it was pretty full on. Uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was difficult, but it was, I think, a little bit tricky in parts. Uh, so if you have a look at the Super 8 movie, let's have a look, probably from, if you pick it up around uh, the 47 second mark is where the nice little creek is, where we're all paddling in the creek with a nice granite. And you can see it's a little bit overexposed there in that footage. I have sort of brought it back in Premiere Pro a bit. So I uh, definitely an ND filter is needed. And then there's a bit of footage around the 104 mark of everyone going up the steps. Everyone's happy going up the steps. Everyone's waving at the camera. And then the next bit of footage is when we were at the top of the pyramid looking down. And yeah, you can sort of get a feeling from the footage how high it was around the, the 123 mark you can see people walking up the final section and they little they look really small like little ants but they were actually you know climbing up the final section that we climbed up and it was funny when i when we got to the top it was me and my daughter got to the top at first and then my wife and my son hadn't quite made it to the top Uh, but they made a big last effort and they got to the top and they're all very happy with themselves, which is great um, to feel that, you know, feeling of achievement, you know, we, we got all the way up. We didn't want to do it, but we got all the way up and we got to the top. So at the top, I got my cameras out. I had my, what did I have? I had my Pentax SBO Mini, had my Contax G1 and I had my Canon Super 8 camera. And I was actually filming some Super 8 at the top that I was just telling you about, what I just described, and there was a young couple up there, probably in their late 20s, and the guy said to me, he goes, oh, is that a Super 8 camera? And I went, yeah, man, it's a Super 8 camera. So we had a quick chat about about that, and then they headed back down, and I took a few more photos. So if you have a look at the photos on matlovescameras.com if you skip a couple of photos... Uh, there's a nice beautiful photo of some cherry blossoms there, the next one down, and then there's there's another gas pump, which I'll tell you about in a bit. But then the next one after that is my son, with his feet in the nice stream with the, the granite rock there behind him. And then there's a heading that says Pentax SBO Mini. Yes, I also had that camera with me. And that photo there is of my daughter with her arms out. She got to, she scrambled to the top before us. She's a little little mountain goat, she is. And she got to the top and I was, I was still struggling in the middle section uh, with my son and my wife was behind us. Uh, but it sort of shows how steep it is. It was quite steep. And then the next photo down is uh, one of the views from the top. And it was quite sort of, you know, uh kind of kind of high i mean you certainly would not want to fall down the the edge i don't think you'd be uh, in very good health and then the last image there is just some of the granite there again with a little pool of water with a nice reflection in when we got to the top of the pyramid my daughter turned to me and said oh dad can you give me a lamington please can i have a lamington and i said oh they're in the car and she said i said what do you mean what do you mean i thought you brought the lamingtons with you and i said i i brought them in the car I didn't put them in my camera bag to bring to the top of the pyramid. And so she was not very happy at all. She was, in fact, she was, she was angry. She was angry. She was, she couldn't believe that I would not bring the snacks to the top of the mountain. And in fact, you know, in retrospect, it was a bit of a rookie error. So we, we got back to probably took about half an hour to get back to the car probably the longest half an hour ever because the kids were both hungry and as soon as I opened the back of our four-wheel drive the kids were diving into the esky seeking out those lamingtons and shoving them in their face. Uh, So then we headed back to the the little cottage we were staying at I think we all got changed because we were all hot and sweaty because it was a lovely warm spring or late winter early spring morning. All the wattle was out, actually. It was really beautiful. All the wat- yellow wattle was out at the time. So you could sort of tell it was a very spring-like. And then we headed off. We had a couple of other things to do. So the first thing we did was we were heading on the highway. And even though we just had Lovingtons, my son was hungry. And we found this old diner at a caravan park. And so we pulled over and we were just going to run in and grab something. But then I went out to my wife in the car and said, oh, come come inside, it's pretty cool. It was basically like this little diner, trying to make it look like an American diner. I think it was a little bit over the top and a little bit cliched, to be honest. I mean, you know, good luck to them for having a go and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think it was not not exactly authentic, I don't think. But there's a lot of cool things to look at, a lot of cool, you know, jukebox there, and there was cool photos on the wall, and there was like a diner kind of booths, you know, American diner booths. And so we bought a, um, what did we buy? We bought some, some some kind of burger and some chips and stuff like that. And my son was happy then that he had some more food inside him. And then we headed on and there was uh, the one place my wife really wanted to go was a cheese, like a cheese factory. Because we actually went to a cheese factory on the trip before this and she loved it. So we saw this sign saying, you know, uh, cheese, uh, farm cheese. So we headed off down this little track and it was only probably two or three hundred metres down the track, uh, and it, it sort of had the sign was pointing in at this house, and we like, I said to my wife, I said, oh, I'm not sure about this. This looks a bit, this looks a bit weird. There's this big old house with a big veranda on, and um, this was the cheese factory. It didn't look like a factory at all, you know. So we went in, and inside the house there was just furniture everywhere. You could barely move, and there was a guy behind the counter. And was—he was talking to these people, this couple, probably in their fifties or sixties. And there was a Mercedes at the front, so I think they were the Mercedes drivers. And we were just sort of standing there for, I don't know, four, five, six minutes. And the guy behind the counter never even acknowledged us. You know, he never even said, "Oh, hey, how are you going? I'll, I'll be with you in a minute." Or, and I, one of my bugbears, one of the things, probably the thing that drives me wild, is bad customer service. And so I'm just standing there, and I just said to my wife, after about five minutes, I said to her let's just leave, I'm not, I'm not put, you know, I can't take this. And, but she really wanted to try this cheese. So I went outside in the end and outside there was this puppy. There's this beautiful little puppy. Uh, I think he was like a catalog and his name was Archie. And so if you watch the footage of the Super 8 movie from about, from about one forty five, 1 minute 45 uh, for about 10, 15 seconds, you'll see footage of this catalog and my son, And my son has this kind of affinity with dogs and puppies. Uh, Whenever there's a dog and a puppy, you know, the dog, the puppy loves my son and my son loves them back. And so my son was just playing with this dog, throwing toys to him and they were chasing each other. And it was really, it was really delightful. And although I was grumpy with the the, the bad customer service, once I saw this and I captured some video on my iPhone and then I I captured some Super 8 footage of Archie the dog and my son, I was kind of happy again. And by this stage, um, the guy had peeled himself away from the Mercedes, Mercedes Mercedes-Benz drivers and, uh, you know, the the peasants had arrived, our family. And he sort of said to my wife, he said, oh, you know, what do you, you know, what would you like to try? Do you want to buy some cheese or some wine? And I was, I was back in the house by this stage with my wife and I, and my wife said, oh, you know, can we try some cheese? Because on the previous trip in December, we'd, we'd had some cheese. Uh, at a different factory, and the guy sort of said, oh, no, because of COVID regulations, you can't try any cheese. And I'm like, what? Like, come on, man. Like, this sounds like a load of crap to me. And the same, I think the wine, we could try the wine. So he, he cracked some wine open, and uh, my wife wanted me to try some. I said, no, I'm driving. I don't, I, you know, I'd probably fall asleep if I have a sip of wine. So in the end, we think we bought two blocks of cheese off the guy, and I think we bought one bottle of wine. I wasn't very keen on buying anything from the dude, to be honest, but my wife my wife really wanted the cheese and wine, so I had to put aside my my personal feelings on the matter. So we said goodbye to Archie the dog. Uh, there was, it was a fleeting moment when I actually considered kidnapping Archie the dog because he was so delightful, uh, but we didn't, and we had it off onto our next destination. And the next destination was the, the, the Stanthorpe Maze, I think it's called, or the Granite Belt Maze or something like that. Basically you go down this back road and for miles and miles and miles, and eventually you come to this place and there's there's a maze there. Okay, so we, we sort of pulled in this big car park and we were literally the only car in there. And we sort of thought, okay, again, this is kind of weird. And we approach the sort of the gates, and all of a sudden, this guy appears with a you know the maze t shirt on. And goes, Welcome to the maze. Uh, oh, you've, ju- you've just missed everyone, everyone's just left. And I'm like, really? I mean, I'm not saying the guy's lying, but really, there's a whole lot of people here, and they literally just left. So, um, we paid the money to go in the maze, I think it was like $30 or something for a family. And um, the guy said to me, because I have my big, my, my backpack on my, it's a Think Tank Essentials. It's like a rectangular backpack with my, on my camera kit in. And uh, the guy said to me, he goes, oh, you know, like what's in your bag? And I said, oh, it's just cameras, man. And he goes, oh, you haven't got any outside food or drinks because you can't bring food or drinks into the maze. You know, you've got to buy food and drinks in the maze. You, You can't bring outside stuff in. I was like, I haven't got any food or drinks in the bag, man. And he's like, well, can I please see inside the bag? And again, being a grumpy old man, I was about to tell the guy where to stick his food and drinks. But I thought again, no, my wife wants to do the maze. So have some control, Matthew. So I said, okay, I'll show you inside my bag. And I opened up the bag and I showed him my cameras. And he was happy with that, that I wasn't, you know, smuggling in some, some chips and sausage rolls and stuff to eat in his maze. Uh, so then we went into the maze and the maze was actually pretty good. Um, it, it had all these clues in there. And you had to kind of try and find all the dead ends and, and crack this this code and it was kind of cool. Uh, so it probably kept us busy for 20-25 minutes. And then we went um to play mini golf. Uh, there was a mini golf place there for like the same char- same admission charge. You could play mini golf. It was probably the worst mini golf course I've ever played in my entire life. It was just like concrete. It was it was it was not great. It was not great. And um, and then we sort of uh, what did we do then? I think we left. I think we had a look around at a couple other bits and bobs, uh, little attractions in the park, and then we left. So after we finished in the maze, the family were once again hungry. And what better place to go to for a nice afternoon snack than the Sutton Juice Factory. So it's located in a little town, a little, it's not even a town really, a little place called Applethorpe, which is right on the highway, just before Stanthorpe. And it's just set back from the main highway and you can sort of see it says Juice Factory. And you park up and you go into this massive shed. And when we first went there, I was expecting some kind of museum of apple juice making or something. And it's not. It's literally just a shed uh, selling apple juice uh, with a nice sort of, sort of a window with cakes in, apple pie, uh, coffee and tea and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the, the staff there, I'm, I'm very pleased to report the staff are very friendly and very lovely. So I can highly recommend the Sutton Juice Factory in, in Applethorpe. And so you sort of go to the counter and they're famous for their apple pie and their scones. So we ordered a, a piece of apple pie with whipped cream and ice cream. And then my, we, my daughter ordered a scone and it comes with like it was four different types of jams, like strawberry jam and there's apple jam and there's all this stuff. And I ordered a coffee and I think, I don't know, I think my son ordered a hot chocolate. And we sat down and we had a really nice time. So if you look at the Super 8 movie from about 1 minute 58, you'll see the juice factory there. And then you get a nice little shot inside the juice factory of my family waving once again. And then you get my wife outside. At the back, there's some nice like lemon trees and there's a chicken coop with loads of chickens. So I got some footage of the family walking around outside, checking out the, checking out the chicken coop. Uh, I got a nice close-up of some chickens there. I'm just watching it now. And at the end, there's a little bit of footage there of of us with all of our cool stuff. So we bought some apple juice, we bought some jam, and uh, yeah, so I hi- highly recommend the, the Sutton Juice Factory in Applethorpe. Uh, so that's a really nice spot. Now also, if you look at mattlovescameras.com, if you go down to the the bottom of the page almost, I took some images with my Mint RF 70 Instax wide camera. So there's a nice image there of the juice factory. It says juice factory cidery liqueurs. I can't say that, liqueurs, I need some more coffee. We didn't actually try any cider or liqueurs now, I think of it we'll have to go back and try some more. And then the image below that is an image of the family um getting in getting stuck into their apple pie and their scones. Gosh, I'm actually really hungry looking at that photo. And then after that uh, stop at the Sutton's juice factory, we sort of went the back roads back towards our accommodation and if you look at there's an image of a gas pump which says uh it's actually under the contacts G1 section near the top of the page. There's a gas pump with like a Shell logo on it. and some grass around the bottom of the gas pump, the petrol pump, and it says stop, stop engine, no smoking. Uh, that's actually one of the back roads. It's like an old sort of building there. So I took that image close to dusk. That was a really nice image. And then we went back through Stanthorpe on the way back to our accommodation. There were the beautiful cherry blossoms. And the cherry blossoms come out, ooh, August, in August, I think early August. And when we were there in, you know, middle August, it, they were still out and they were still beautiful. But I wanted to get some photos of the kids and the family with the cherry blossoms. But the kids were kind of on a sugar high and they weren't cooperating. And we all had a bit of a family argument. And we, we headed back to the the, the, the cottage, And I think we went to the pub that night for dinner. But then on the way back, I said to the kids, look, I want some photos of you guys with the cherry blossoms. And the only way that you're getting McDonald's for breakfast tomorrow morning is if you cooperate. When we drive back through Stanthorpe, and we have some photos with the cherry blossoms. So it's good old-fashioned bribery, and it worked a treat. So you can actually see a couple of the, the, the cherry blossom images that I took on the last morning on, the, on our way back home. So right at the top of the page, under the Contacts G1 section, there's a really beautiful image of cherry blossoms I took on the Contacts G1 with Ektar. And I actually made that into a postca- postcard. A postcard. So if you, had, if you ordered uh, purple grain, you would have got a postcard of these cherry blossoms. Uh, it looks really beautiful, really lovely colours. And then the very final image on the page is an image of the cherry blossoms I took on my Polaroid SX-70. So there you go. That's all of the the images described on that page. And I'm just looking now at the final bit of the Super 8 footage. There's actually a big apple in Applethorpe and the kids had a go at trying to hold the apple up in the air kind of thing, You know, just mucking around with it. And then the very last shot is just some, some farm buildings, And then there's a tiny bit of the beautiful cherry blossoms right at the end of the Super 8 footage. So there you go. That was a rundown of our august twenty twenty one trip to southern queensland and just looking at those photos and reliving those memories makes me want to go again and' it's actually I actually saw today on Facebook that the sunflowers are actually out in bloom. They don't always not every year the sunflowers aren't in bloom it I think it depends on climatic conditions and you know what the the farmers have planted. but I believe that the sunflowers are back at the moment, so we might have to go for a trip down that way to, to see the sunflowers. Uh, so that'd be lovely to see. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. And now my friends, there's an update for the Fantastic 2021 competition. Or should I say the Fantastic 2021-22 20, competition? Because what I've decided to do is I'm going to open it up until Easter next year. So the competition now is officially, the closing date will be Easter 2022. I don't even know when Easter is, but it's in April 2022. I'll give you some more more details as we get closer. Uh, But it was actually a really good turnout for the the competition so far. We had 25 people enter, 25 people. I'll read out the names right now, the people who entered. Steve Madsen, Stephen Marmoroff, Dale Willits, Scott Reese. Ian Wallace, Tom Napier, Adrian Doyle, Malcolm Kingswell, Dave Mahaly, Francois Lavadure, Michael Holland, Jody Benarock, Ken Bertram, Ken Tuomi, Matt Jones, Lucy Lumen, Dave Clark, J.M. Golding, Christian Goebel, Erica Jensen, William Foster, Silly Friday, Brian Smith, Christina Thomas, and Robert Rubin. So there you go. There's 25 entries so far, but I'm going to open it up until uh, Easter 2022. I'll tell you when that is. I'll just, I'm just Googling it now. I don't, know. I don't actually know when Easter is. 17th of April. There you go. So until the 17th of April, you've got until mid-April if you do want to join in. Now, you might be saying, well, hang on, I took took time and I put my entry in and it was crappy weather where I live in October, November, and I still got an entry. And, you know, that's not very fair that all these people have got all this extra time. Well, I I can sympathize with you, my friends. So there's a bit of a rule twist here. If you haven't entered the competition yet, You've got until Sunday, the 17th of April, 2022. That is the final deadline. No extensions, no excuses. That is it if you want to take part. So I think we we might get a few more entries before the end of April, before mid-April. But that's it. Now, if you took part in the competition um, before the end of November, if you've already entered, if you're one of those 25 people I just read out, if you really want to, you can put another entry in. Okay, so there you go. If you really love the cheap plastic pano cameras and you just want to shoot another roll, maybe, you know, the weather will get a bit brighter where you live in March, April. You can shoot another roll if you wish, if you've already entered. okay, but that's only people who've already entered can shoot another roll if they wish. So there you go. That is that's the the bit of the rule twist for you. Fantastic is definitely ending on Sunday, the 17th of April. That is the the hard deadline for entries. So what I'll do is I will um, hit up Mr. Matthew Joseph. He is one of the judges for the competition alongside me, and I'll actually we'll probably do a, a judging. Of those 25 entries very soon. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, if Matthew has some time off, and you know, what better way to to spend you know part of your Christmas New Year break than chatting with me for a couple of hours talking about photos? Uh, so I'll see if Matthew is available and we will judge the first lot of those images. And then, like I said, if you've already entered, you can submit another entry before the 17th of April. And if you haven't entered yet, you have until then Sunday, the 17th of April. 2022 to get your cheap plastic pano camera out and shoot some frames and enter them if you want to find out more details head along to mattlovescameras.com and look for the fantastic 2021 uh, story there on the website i'll update that with the new uh the new date by the time this episode comes out now i think the only whoa Marshall Dalmatian in the background what is going on oh there's someone walking their dog over the road Sorry about this. He's usually a silent partner in the podcast, Old Marshall, but... You know, he's, he's still got a bit of bark in him, even though he's middle-aged now, a bit like me. Still He's got, still got a bit of bit of bark. I'm not sure if he's got much bite, but he's, he's definitely got bark. Uh, so the, one of the only other things I wanted to say in this episode before I close it out is thank you so much to the latest coffee donations or Ko-Fi donations. I had uh, a $9 donation from Kevin Brown and I had a $6 donation from Anthony Ritchie. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's, uh, it was such a pleasure to get your donations. I know you both regularly listen to to the podcast and if you'd like to help out too here are the if you would like to support this podcast why not buy our data coffee visit coffee.com that's ko-fi.com forward slash cameras, and buy him a coffee for just three dollars I think it's time I wrap this podcast up. I'm sorry that's taken a while to get this one out. There'll actually be another episode this week. Yes, that's right. Uh, I I will be publishing a second episode this week, probably either Christmas Eve or maybe even on Christmas Day. Yes, I got a lot of work to do Christmas Day because we're having my parents down. So I'll probably be in the kitchen you know, slaving in the kitchen all day. But I'll probably do it Christmas Eve then just to make sure I get it out on time. But um, yeah, it's a very, very special sort of holiday-themed episode. And uh, I'll give you a bit of a spoiler alert. It's called, I think I'm going to call it I Dream of Christmas. So there's a bit of a spoiler alert uh, in terms of who is on the episode with me there, I Dream of Christmas. So look out for that one, probably on either the 24th or 25th of December. So only three days away, three, four days away uh, as I'm recording this. Now, something else to look out for, head across to YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Lucy Lumen's Analog Adventures. Uh, Lucy is a good friend of mine. She is a YouTube sensation, promoting all types of videos about film photography. So get get across and have a look at Lucy's channel. I know that many of you already do. And Lucy actually came up with her partner, Lux, last weekend. I think it was last weekend. Gosh, it feels like such a long time ago. Uh, but it was last weekend, I think it was. And we actually did a, a photo walk here in the Redlands part of Brisbane. Uh, and uh, I showed Lucy and Lux all the highlights of the Redlands. It took about three minutes. And uh, no, it was really nice. We went down to the local beaches at Victoria Point and uh, also the cl- the lighthouse at Cleveland and it was really nice. The only the only problem was and I hate to sound like a snowflake here, but it was bloody hot. Oh my gosh. It was definitely summer had definitely kicked in by then. And I had actually before Lucy arrived at the house, I'd actually uh, put sun cream all over me. i in my face I had plastered my face with invisible zinc, which is this, you know, sun sun cream, sun product to, to stop, you know, you're getting sunburnt. And it's just not, you know, normal zinc is like white and it's all white on your face. This is called invisible ink. Uh, but even though it's called invisible ink, the, your face does sort of still go a bit white. So I probably looked like a bit of a snowman uh, when when Lucy and Lux turned up at the house and we had a nice chat. We had a coffee. Uh, I don't think Lucy and Lux liked my coffee. I, I don't think I made it strong enough. And I, I feel ashamed. I, I feel ashamed that I made them a weak coffee um, because my coffee is usually pretty strong. And uh, I feel like I failed. But oh well, we, we went out together and I put that behind me and we went out to shoot together in the Redlands. And the reason we did this, the reason we organised the whole thing was because a very kind person, long-time listener of the show, a fantastic photographer and all-round good guy, Paul Wheeler. Paul sent me his Fuji film. GA645 professional camera. It's a beautiful medium format camera. It has a 60 mil F4 lens. And he set it up and he said, hey Matt, if you want to shoot this with Lucy, uh, I'll send it up to you for a few weeks or a couple of weeks and you guys can shoot it and see what you think, do a video on it and send it back to me. And the whole reason uh, for this is because Lucy recently did a video where she shot with the Mamiya 645, I think it was, and she really didn't get on with it. And Paul said, you know, this camera, this, this the Fujifilm uh, GA645 is really slim, really light. It's like a big point and shoot. I think Lucy will really love this camera and it'll get her into medium format. So that's the whole reason uh, for the for the whole adventure together with Lucy last weekend and Lucy shot the, the 645 I shot a whole load of other cameras of course and uh, it, was, it was very fun when we weren't getting completely burnt to a crisp in the sun uh, Lucy wasn't feeling very well either she was a bit under the weather she had a bit of hay fever but I took some images of her at the end on my Fujifilm X series digital uh, uh, kit uh, with my, my Godox flash and um, yeah it was it was really fun it was really fun so um, there you go. So look out for that on Lucy's uh, YouTube channel. I believe that will be coming this week. So probably around maybe the 22nd of December, maybe. I'm not sure exactly on the date. I think uh, Lucy and Lux are putting the final touches on the video. But if you want to see me on YouTube again, that's where you can go. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe and all that cool stuff. That's it for this episode of Matt Loves Cameras. I hope you have enjoyed the show. Look out for that Lucy Lumen video coming to YouTube this week. Look out for the second episode of Matt Loves Cameras coming to the airwaves later this week. I dream of Christmas. I hope you are well. Take care of yourselves and your families. Enjoy this time of year and have fun. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Cheerio. Bye-bye. You ruined that, but it actually sounded pretty good. Why? Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Is it coffee? Duh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, come, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>